Hey guys, welcome again to another edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, how you doing, Taylor? I am doing quite well. How are you? Uh, not bad. Still unemployed, so <laughs> doing that whole thing. Which is no thing. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much just sit and marathon watch TV shows. Could be worse. Yeah, I just I just finished all five seasons of Justified. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, now I'm looking for my next great adventure. Which is? I don't know. I think I might watch Briscoe County. There you go. Um, but, I mean, you know, that's only one season. Uh, I uh, My, my uh, fiancé got me a, um, a video game for uh, Valentine's Day, and uh, I only played about a quarter of that, so I'm thinking I might commit some more time to that. Which one? Uh, Assassin's Creed Four. Ooh. Yeah. Is that the pirate one? Yeah. Nice. Which is funny because I actually had that idea several years ago and started, like, drafting out, like, character designs and like storyline and stuff like that clearly they're watching you <laughs> apparently or i just missed the boat because i'm just like uh this... ah, boat i get it <laughs> um yeah i just it got to a point where i was like i just don't want to deal with this anymore and i kind of defeated myself a little bit saying oh you know they'll never be interested in this i mean it's especially because unsolicited uh uh unsolicited material so I just gave up on it, but anyway. Of course, the storyline they have, it kind of continues on to the past games, and mine was kind of unrelated a little Uh. bit, so anyway. Anyway. Um, Anything else new? Um, No, not really. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Less than a month until Crypticon. Yes, that should be pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, they seems like at least a couple times a week they announce a new, well, I, I guess mostly vendors they've been announcing. Yeah, they haven't really had a special guest announcement in a while, but they've got a lot of like vendors and um, authors. They've announced a few authors recently. Yeah. Um, so that should definitely be cool. Uh, looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, I guess if that's all about us, then... Um, you want to go ahead and uh, introduce our special guest? Sure. Once again, we have a special guest uh, joining us via satellite. He is the managing editor for SonicsRising.com, Mr. Kevin Nesgoda. How's it going, Kevin? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Can't complain. Wouldn't do any good if we did. Nope. Yeah, that's true. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, Kevin? Well, uh, I currently live in Wenatchee. I'm a... Uh, horror movie aficionado i'd like to say i've been watching horror movies since i was probably three years old which explains probably a lot about me actually <laughs> um yeah sports guy love all sorts of horror movies hiking kayaking and then when i'm not at work i just like to completely unplug and do nothing yeah i hear that uh want to Tell us a little bit about uh, Sonic's Rising and, and uh, what you guys do there and what your affiliation is and stuff. Well, since we don't have a team, we don't have an official aff- affiliation, but we are basically the voice of the fans of Sonic's Nation, more or less. So we are definitely in the forefront, unless Chris Hansen speaks up, and then we 
take a back seat for about a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, we basically were out to cover any news related to the Sonics coming back, keeping people up to date on the NBA in the Seattle area, despite how much they hate us for doing so. We do so anyway, and it's fun to torture our fans like that. Um, yeah, that's basically what we do. Um, Taylor's a writer there, too, and he does some great stuff. Aww. Now, let's not, let's not overstate things here, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Taylor, I mean, you, you haven't really talked much about Sonics Rising. Um, maybe this could be your forum to say a little, th- little from your perspective. Um, yeah, I, I try to keep the two separate for the most part. Um, Tony got on me for moonlighting on the Sonics Rising podcast. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've been a Sonics fan my whole life. Used to go to games with my dad all the time. And uh, it's, uh, you know, basketball has always been a big part of my life. And I, I want to do everything that I can to get the Sonics back as little as it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the team. Right on. Well, we're happy Oh, sorry. I was going to say we're happy to have you, and you're definitely one of my best hires. And also, um, even though I'm doing this podcast, I have the, uh, the Spurs Maverick score live updating in the background, so I apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, I personally have never been a giant basketball fan. Uh, it's just it wasn't in my household, I guess, growing up. So just basketball is never really a part of my life, but can definitely see the passion that a lot of fans have. <clears throat> I talk to him about it, and he looks at me like I'm a dead pig or something. <laughs> Might as well be speaking Chinese, especially when he starts talking about players and stuff. And it's like, oh, I don't know that guy. Every once in a while, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho, um, well, shall we just jump on into horror business? We shall. So the first bit of horror business that we have is some sad news. Uh, we keep starting shows out with sad news. <laughs> that way it can only go up, I suppose. Um, this this news actually, it broke the day after we recorded our last episode. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's old, but this is the first chance we've gotten to talk about it. And that news is that FearNet has been acquired by Comcast oh, and no. will no longer be around. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Comcast always had a stake in FearNet, but now, like, I, it was uh, Sony, and I think there was like one or two other partners that had ownership of FearNet, but they basically sold off all their rights to Comcast. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, they haven't really been very clear, I guess, exactly what the ultimate fate of fear that's going to be, I mean, obviously it's not going to be a thing anymore, but, um, yeah, well, there were, there were 25 employees at, at FearNet, um, uh, 10 of which are being kept on and, uh, the content is going to be merged into current Comcast properties, chiller yeah. network and sci-fi. Right. Um, which, uh, kind of, I mean, it, it, 
FearNet didn't have really a whole lot of original programming. Right. I mean, they had Fear Clinic. Holliston. And Holliston, yeah. I mean, was there anything else? I mean. Uh, not that I know of right off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, like we've mentioned many times before, neither of us have cable, so <laughs> it's a rare <laughs> occasion that we can actually watch any of these shows anyway. But they had they did play a lot of stuff on their website, though. That's true. Not really the original content, but they like always had movies on their website. And they had great articles, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really sad that, you know, 15 people are losing their job over this. Yeah, it's a bummer. I was pretty shocked to know that they had such a small staff. Yeah, me too. I mean, 25 to run an entire channel. That's crazy. It's really small, actually. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, mean, I would have guessed at least probably 100 people. I mean, be, it is a small channel. I mean, it always was. and. But, I mean, just the combination of not only original programming, but just programming in general, and then the, their web presence, too. Um, it seemed like they would have a need for more staff, but... Um, they were clearly very hardworking, then. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, we've talked before about Holliston and uh, what the ultimate fate of that might be. And we talked before about how it sounded like it, basically, Holliston wasn't going to be on Fear, FearNet anymore um, due to budgetary cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of sounds like, although it might not be on FearNet, that maybe Comcast will pick up the slack. Maybe on Chiller? Yeah, maybe it, possibly. I mean, I, I know Chiller, it's not a standard channel, I don't think. I think that's something you have to pay for extra. Oh, uh, it's on my DirecTV I don't know if I pay extra for it. There's just so much crap on DirecTV <laughs> that I have no idea. You just give them money and they just do whatever? They, they gave me my 3,000 channels and I don't complain. <laughs> so you have DirecTV, but you have Chiller. Yes. That's weird. I, From from the sound of this, I would have guessed that Chiller was uh, a Comcast property. But Yeah. It, no, it's like channel 246 or something like that. It's right next to TNT. Well, actually, you know, maybe maybe it's like a, um, a Universal property, and since Universal is owned by Comcast, yeah, it, it's yeah, <laughs> it, it's a big old just they're owned by Shinehart Wig Company, <laughs> and then there's Couchtown. <laughs> uh, so many subsidiaries. Yeah, it's a joke. I mean, it, it's just, where does it end? I mean, like I would have thought it ended with. GE, but no, GE is actually subsidiary. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, um, so yeah, FearNet, I mean, like, aside from their their TV presence, obviously, they also had um, a lot of uh, web, web presence. I mean, uh, I mean, that's where we get, a, well, at least I know my contribution to the show, that's where I would get a lot of my news stories. Yeah, same here. Okay, so yeah. Um, so that, that's that's a real bummer. I mean, I looked at their website. I think it was probably about a week ago, um, and they were still active and they're still posting new things. So obviously, things haven't shut down yet. But you gotta assume it's on the horizon. Well, I know at least one employee of theirs followed us on Twitter, um, and I know, but I know he also works for Dread Central. So hopefully, he. Uh, you know he can stay active yeah for sure in the community but uh 
yeah, it, it's a real bummer and it's a real loss for the horror community because it was it was a great source of you know news and a great place to go watch old movies and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, R.I.P. Fairnet. <laughs> Okay, so uh, a lot of you might be familiar with Katherine Heigl. Um, she was, I guess, probably her more her most familiar role for a lot of people would probably be on Grey's Anatomy. Quality show. <laughs> Are you? Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I can't right. tell if you're being facetious. <laughs> no, no, my wife's uh, marathoning it right now, so I've been uh, subjected to some of its. Uh, it's been there. Horrors. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, same with my my fiance. Um, I must have seen her. I mean, we've only been together about th- just short of three years, and uh, I she must have marathoned that show probably just as many times in those three years. So, oh God no. Um. Anyway, so Catherine Heigl. I remember she was in some like Disney Channel movie when she was like sixteen. Yeah, with uh, uh, Danielle Harris. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that much of it. <laughs> um, anyway, she's uh, she's actually in talks to have a, uh, a role on The Walking Dead, um, which uh, the, the role would uh, take place uh, in season five, obviously. Um, and it's, it's sounding like her role is going to be kind of a central role as a citizen of Terminus. Um, and I... I don't know. Is it a spoiler to talk about Terminus? It's been far. It's been a month since that episode aired, so people can complain. Yeah. very little now. Well, yeah. if, if you're not caught up, then we'll we'll just go ahead and say a potential spoiler alert. Yeah, um, the ex- explanation of Terminus without blowing it all for anybody that hasn't seen it. Um, we said spoiler alert, so just just say it. Okay. Well, Terminus is a town that um, is compiled of. God knows how many people, and it's at the central hub of a railway station. Um, and it is populated by. Actually, I guess this hasn't been officially revealed in the story. No, but everyone who's seen it knows. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it's populated by cannibals, um, and the the Walking Dead crew <laughs> all managed to find their way to Terminus and. As we left them on the end of season four, they were all locked up in it was a storage um, or a, I think it was a train car. Tra- uh, yeah, train car. Um, so, anyway, uh, I guess Basically being herded like cattle. Right. Uh, Are you drinking beer over there, Kevin? No, I'm sorry. It's the cold. Um, I apologize. Oh no, it's fine. I was just going to ask you what you were drinking, but oh, I have some uh, persuasion porter in the fridge though. That's what I was drinking the other night. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, Catherine Heigl is actually sounding like her role would probably be like the main bad guy or in Joss Whedon terminology, the big bad of season five, which is kind of weird because we are introduced to the character of Gareth. You know what just dawned on me? What? You look a little like Joss Whedon. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't mean that as an insult. Like, go to hell. Oh boy. 
Uh, I have more hair than Joss Whedon. I, I just met him well, in the face. Much. He's fat, man. What if he's listening? Fuck him. No. He knows Whoa. what he is. He knows he's a fat ginger. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't get Kevin started on gingers. <laughs> yeah. Do they disgust you? Oh, they do. <laughs> they are terrible people. <laughs> They're not people. Yeah, that's true. They are not people. <laughs> uh, my fiance's got a couple of ginger cousins, and they she gets all upset every time I make fun of gingers. <laughs> Don't let her listen to this episode. <laughs> anyway, okay, so back on point. Um, yeah, so we were introduced to the character Gareth, who seemed to be... I don't know, kind of the leader of Terminus, um, but it's sounding like this character that Catherine Heigl may or may not play um, might be, like, kind of the main villain, which is weird. Yeah, that's definitely a different role for her. For Yeah, for sure. Um, this is actually her first return to TV since Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I mean, she, you know, she'd done a handful of films since then, but right. Jen, I guess she needs a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, because those films are really panning out for her. Yeah, I mean, once you do a movie with Ashton Kutcher, it's all downhill from there. Kevin would just tell me the other day how much he loves 27 Dresses. <laughs> I was. It's one of my favorite all-time. All-time. <laughs> um, That's a joke. <laughs> oh, thank, oh you, okay. thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I just want to, I want to, I to make sure. I be I on record. Like, I don't like 27 Dresses. <laughs> I just want to put a disclaimer out there. If it seems like our show's kind of the pacing is weird, it's just because it's it's odd to speak to somebody in, at length that isn't in the room. So, <laughs> um, anyway, is our pacing ever not weird? I guess all the people who skipped ahead when we said spoiler alerts are going. Are they still fucking talking about Walking Dead? <laughs> it's yes. our fucking show. Yes, yes, we are still talking about Walking Dead. Anyway, um, so yeah, this this would be interesting. Uh, like I said, she's in talks. I haven't heard anything confirmed or, or concrete yet. Um, but if uh, this actually does come to pass, then uh, we'll we'll let you guys know. So, are they going to just basically create a role for her? Because I thought they pretty much had everything written and ready to go for season five, and we're going to start shooting like within the next few weeks. Um. My impression is that this was yeah actually a role that was already there, but they just hadn't cast for it yet. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't I don't know enough about the comics to say. Neither do I really. I mean, I don't remember a Terminus ever being in there. It's like the one comic that I've actually read, and I don't remember Terminus actually. There there were cannibals in the comics, but they were just kind of drifters more or less that were quickly dispatched um, by Rick. Um, once they got Herschel. Herschel actually made it out of the uh, prison alive in the comics. Oh. Well, that's disappointing. The governor Uh, didn't get him. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. uh, We'll keep you posted on any new news about this as it comes in. It was a zombie jamboree Took place in a New York cemetery It was a zombie jamboree in a New York cemetery, zombies from all parts of the island. So, speaking of The Walking Dead, for those of you who skipped ahead, this is no more spoilers. <laughs> this is a different story. <laughs> uh, there's a new series of novels coming out. Uh, there's already been a couple Walking Dead novels. 
uh, Rise of the Governor and uh, some other ones that have names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a four novel series called Descent. It focuses on the character of Lily Call, who is from the original comic series. And um, basically she goes back to Woodbury as chronicled in the book The Road to Woodbury, which is one of those books with titles. Right. And uh, she goes back and attempts to rebuild. Yeah, and so, I mean, mm. you would uh, you would be familiar with uh, Lily Call, who was actually kind of like the governor's makeshift girlfriend. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that her name was Lily Call. I know her name was Lily. In the show? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they ever gave her a last name. Probably not. I mean, a lot of people don't seem to have last names. Well, I guess most people do. Regardless. Um, yeah, so this, I mean, people familiar with the, the, the comic book series, this kind of makes you question whether or not she'll actually rejoin the series. Um, because, I, I, as we mentioned before, we're not terribly familiar with the comic book series itself. But from, from my knowledge, she actually left the group or she disappeared under some kind of circumstance. Well, in the show, didn't she, like after she shot the governor, didn't she disappear then? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen her since then. Yeah, Yeah. that was the last appearance ever. Um, I don't know, Kevin, do you have any uh, input on this? You fill us in? Um, I only read up to when they got to uh, this new place. I can't remember the name. It's been a while since I've read the comics. Um, But I don't recall Lily at all, like past them getting out of the prison and whatnot. So sorry. Well, you're just a great big disappointment. That's what my wife keeps telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, take my wife, please. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Now she won't listen to this anyway. So go ahead. (laughs) Hi, Joanna. (laughs) You said she's not listening to it. Well, you big stupid. Kevin, tell her I said hi, then. <laughs> I will. She's looking forward to another drunken night of debauchery with you and Lynn. Yes. Um, so this this series will actually kind of reunite the team of uh, Robert Kirkman uh, and uh, Jay Bonansinga. Jay Baruchel. Yep. Um, who uh, I believe they... Yeah, I don't know. Bonanza. <laughs> um, honestly, I think I, they wrote the Rise of the Governor and did they? Okay, I I, sh- I should have written that down, but I wasn't sure. Um, so there is actually a tentative release for these for the first book to be on October fourth of this year. Um, so uh, if you're a fan of the original novels or even just a fan of the comic book series or, or shit the television series for that matter uh maybe go ahead and check these out and um if you do let us know what you think i will <laughs> thanks kevin <laughs> it's been raised upon your body and your soul total control So uh, we've talked before about Eli Roth's new movie, um, 
uh, uh, the Green Inferno, which basically just sounds like it's a kind of a rehash of Cannibal Holocaust. And it sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that that's, doesn't stop it from just sounding like it's fucking rad, and like all the pictures we've seen from it look look awesome. And like, if anybody was going to rehash Cannibal Holocaust, a fucking course it's going to be Eli Roth. Yeah, yeah, because he loves his blood and guts, and God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the story here is that um, there's actually been a teaser trailer released for it. Um, it's, it's relatively short. I mean, that's how teaser trailers tend to work, but yeah, not a whole lot of content to it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, to just kind of reinform you what the story is about, uh, the green inferno inferno follows a group of students, student activists, Jesus Christ from New York city, uh, who travel to the Amazon to protect a dying tribe, but crash in the jungle and taken hostage by the very natives they saved. And according to the trailer, the natives in this movie are an actual tribe, and this is the first time in history that they've allowed themselves to be filmed. Right. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, pretty stunning, I think. I mean, I wonder how they convinced them to do that. With a goat? <laughs> they just paid them with a goat. Right. Um, for, I, I, <laughs> I could be wrong on this. but You I, probably are. Thanks. Um, I believe this tribe actually used to be cannibals. Would make sense. So, I mean, that that would make me a little nervous. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's like asking a, an ex-smoker to pretend to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Now, just pretend to eat his arm. Pretend. <laughs> pretend. No teeth. No teeth. God damn it, you're eating Eli off again. <laughs> Did I just slur? A little bit. You sure you're not drinking beer? <laughs> uh, it's the cold medicine. I'm sorry. Um, so th- this movie stars Lorenzo Izzo, um, Ariel or Ariel Levy, uh, Daryl Sabara, and Kirby Bliss Blanton. Um, and it releases on September 5th of this year. So that's pretty exciting. I know we've been looking forward to it for a while. Yeah, that one we're uh, planning on going and seeing probably opening weekend, and we'll do we'll do a review for sure that next episode. Um, Kevin, you know anything about the movie? I mean, you've, you've heard of it before? No, this is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm definitely intrigued. It sounds right up my alley. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know. I I think maybe of the two of us, I'm more of the blood and guts guy. I, I think Taylor might be more into the psychological end of horror. Uh but yeah, so I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Eli Roth just because I know he tends to go over the top on things, <laughs> just a bit. So, uh, yeah, so it's pretty exciting for for me, and I know, yeah, Taylor's looking forward to it too. Word, word, word. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for it in September, which is coming up surprisingly fast. Um, and uh, we'll we'll point you it. it when they release a full trailer, we'll we'll point you in that direction too, so you can check it out. I'll probably put up a link to this one too. Sure. So there is going going back to zombies a little bit. 
There is an indie zombie anthology that's being presented by Ruthless Pictures and Dread Central. Uh, it's called Zombie World. And basically, they're asking indie filmmakers to submit their own zombie movies. Uh-huh. Which, you know, anybody that's had aspirations of making a horror movie goes out and makes a zombie movie. Sure. Just like when we talked to Eric England, he talks about how everybody just goes in their backyard and throws blood on their friends and makes a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. So this one, uh, uh, what's his name? Jesse Baggett, who I feel like we've talked about on the show for something. I think maybe he was involved with Hellions? Possibly. The name does look familiar. Wait, no. Monster Brawl. Because you said it sounds like Jesse Bagel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He says, as a fan of the zombie genre, I'm excited to be part of this film, along with Dread Central. Zombie World will showcase the unique vision of young up-and-coming filmmakers from around the world and inject fresh new blood into the genre. Uh, Which we all know is not probably true, but... Right. We all know that this is going to be basically just a bunch of recreations of 28 Days Later and Zombieland and World War Z and Night of the Living Dead. I mean... Yeah. What else yeah. is there? Well, uh, if if you think you have an original idea and you want to submit it, submissions are being made now at dreadcentral.com. Um, I feel like this is something that we should do. I guess we could. I don't know what we would do, but... Me neither. Like, I mean, I'm just worried that we'd basically just create exactly what I just said. Except our zombies wouldn't run. No. No. They couldn't run. Right, because they're dead. Yes. <laughs> and they also have a shelf life. That true. Yes. I'm just throwing this out there. I used to write professionally in Hollywood, so, you know. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, submissions are being accepted now and they go until May 30th. Make your submissions between five and 15 minutes long. Uh, if your submission is picked, you will receive $100 as well as having your film in the movie. Delicious money. Nom, 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 nom. And the quote, best of the best will receive $500. So if we enter this and win, uh, I think our best option is just to fight till the death for all of it. Yep. Especially if it's $100, because I'm not splitting $100 with you. <laughs> um, do you mention the, the length? <laughs> the length of the, the short films? Yes, I did, Tony. Did you? Okay, I missed it. I must have spaced out, because you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Dreadcentral.com. Five and 15 minutes. Woo! 100 to $500. Woo! Now until May 30th. Woo! Enter. Woo! Zombie world. Woo! Title subject to change. Go ahead, 
Tony. I know you're excited about this one. So, in the ever progress, downward progressing uh, spiral, uh, just drain into nothingness that has become Friday the 13th Part 2. Title subject to change. (laughs) They've cast, or they've um, hired, and by they I mean Platinum Dudes and Michael Bay, who can rot in hell. Fuck Michael Bay. Yeah. Michael Bay. Everyone does. I wish I could just, like, I want to take, like, a, a big rusty railroad spike and dip it in dog shit and then stab him in the chest with it. I think that's letting him off too easy, though. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah, God damn it. Okay, so they've cast David Bruckner to direct Friday the, the, the next Friday the 13th. Or not cast, hired, whatever. Fuck it. Um, he he wrote and directed uh, the Amateur Night segment of the VHS movie, which anybody that's seen VHS knows. Amateur Night was the one where the guys take the girl home or to back to a motel room and try to rape her, and things go awry. <clears throat> Uh, it's sounding, wait, okay, so let let me, let me just talk about this real quick. So David Breckner, who is known for doing this found footage part from VHS, uh, is now doing a new Friday 13th movie, which just really adds and compounds to the thought that they're probably going to make Friday 13th a found footage movie. That's what it looks like. Which, as we've discussed before, is just the the laziest, most unoriginal piece of shit filmmaking style that you can possibly do. And uh, just to add to that, it's sounding like it's going to be another reboot and not a sequel. What? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That's (sighs) just disappointing. Mm Mm-hmm. Leave it to Platinum Dunes. Like, not only are they redoing a, a, a classic film, like a classic horror film, but they're redoing their own redo. That's like admitting defeat. Yeah. And... Although you and I didn't hate it. No, it was okay. I mean, there's definitely things that could have been done better. But it definitely could have spawned a sequel. For sure. I mean... Never once in any of the Friday the 13th movies did they need a reason to make a sequel. They made That's something true. up in the next movie. I mean, Jason was already, always, well, almost always, presumably dead at the end of the movie. But they always found a way to bring him back in the next one. Yeah. They think they're better than that? <laughs> they think yeah. they're... Fuck. Michael Bay thinks he's better than everyone. Fuck! I could do Ninja Turtles better than that. God, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Well, I will give Michael Bay credit for this of the first Friday the 13th that he redid. The chick who took her top off in the first five minutes of the first movie was hot. And she had phenomenal tits. In the first five minutes? Wait, really? At the, the campsite? Yeah. I I gotta disagree with you there, man. They were pretty, pretty fake and gross. <laughs> hey, it was a while ago. I'm just having... 
memories of something like what was it like 10 years ago they made this uh no this was like 2009 it came out was it really 2009 yeah i think you're wrong (laughs) okay (laughs) i'll look it up right now 2009 i already got it pulled up kaboom really and boom goes the dynamite i must have been really drunk if if we're going to talk about the first reboot and we're going to talk about boobs we got to talk about Juliana Guy. Yeah. Those were easily... By so f- juicy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Those would win a fucking titty contest. We finally found a reason to fit it in. Yes! <laughs> Maybe those were the ones I was thinking of. Where she's yes. riding the dude in the bedroom? Yes, those are it. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Bad. Yeah. Those were incredible. Stupendous. <laughs> And my fiance sitting in the other room and might be able to hear us talking about this. Willa Ford was in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Showed her boobs, too. Yes, she did. And then she got a machete in the head. Yep. Gonna have to rewatch this now. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, for as panned as it, as it was, it wasn't all that bad. It didn't, which makes this all the more infuriating is the fact that they're fucking remaking a remake. That who, doesn't need it. Who the fuck does that? Super, Superman. Hmm? Super, Superman. Spider-Man. Well, okay, but it's not the same... Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's not the same people doing it. Okay. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Sam Raimi all of a sudden decided to want to re- wanted to redo Spider-Man after, what, eight years of doing the first one? That had been kind of weird. Yeah, for sure. I mean... It, um, no, Sam Raimi wants to redo The Grudge now. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Which we discussed at length in the in the previous episode of the Great Plot Podcast. Greatplotpodcast.com. <laughs> anyway, um, so there is... They've already planned out the release date for this, of course. It's May th- March 13th, 2015, which, of course, is a Friday the 13th. Of course. Um, oh, I get it. <laughs> I just find it insulting that they've already planned um they've already planned the release date and they don't have anything ready. I so mean, there's no script. Not to our knowledge, no. Nobody hired. Well, except for this director. Except for the director and the production team. So you're gonna slap this together in two weeks, it's gonna sit in post prod for eight months, and then there's gonna release a Really shitty version upon us in May. Oh, wait, Kevin. March. March, sorry. Kevin, here's the best part. They said they don't know if Derek Mears is going to be back because they don't know if Jason is going to be in it. Yeah, let that sink in. So, um, just you guys want to do a live podcast on this one? We get incredibly drunk and go to the theater and just record. <laughs> I don't know if that'll last very long. Yeah, we'd be very loud. Yeah, and belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd get past when Michael Bay's name popped up on the screen. <laughs> I know. I, I, fuck that guy! <laughs> Sir, stop throwing things at the screen, please. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sir, are you are you urinating on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this is just one big insult to Friday the 13th fans everywhere. 
And if you are the least bit excited about this, what I want you to do is go find a rusty railroad spike, <laughs> dip it in dog shit, and then jam it into oh, your own <laughs> And, yeah, please go kill yourself. Die. Go to hell. I hate you. Go away. Cause you are laundry done? <laughs> okay, you did hear that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was my fiancé's under things. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, if you're excited about this, you are part of the problem. Go kill yourself. Speaking of Friday the 13th excitement, and further adding to the disappointment... They have just announced a Friday the 13th television series. What the hell is going on with my life? As many of you may remember, there was a Friday the 13th series in the 90s, but it had nothing to do with Jason. It was actually 1987 through 1990. I looked it up this morning. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Um, Somebody's got to keep you in line. Yeah. But uh, as I... Oh, and I have I have an opportunity to redeem myself here. Yeah. <laughs> I had previously stated it was like episode one. It episode was episode two. one. Okay. Yeah. I misquoted what the, the theme of the TV series was. And it was actually um, these people. Um, oh, Christ. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't forget all of it, but I forgot part of it. They are, um, they. You were going to redeem yourself? Fuck you. <laughs> hold on. I just, I need to, I think, hold on. You what now? <laughs> just, just give me a fucking second. <laughs> God damn it. Can somebody please do homework before the show starts? Hey, this is not your show. You don't get to tell oh, us sorry. what to do. <laughs> I'm used to hosting. My bad. <laughs> okay. Are you on the wiki? Okay, so, yeah, just as I was thinking, but I wanted to clarify before I made myself wrong again. Basically, there's an antique shop that was... Oh, um, now I remember. Fuck you. Quote, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) There's an antique shop that basically all of the items in the antique shop were cursed. And uh, I believe it's uh, a, a brother and sister or... Um, maybe they aren't related. Um, yeah, no, it is their, their, their cousins. Okay. Um, they inherit the, the, the antique shop from an uncle or some shit and some they fucking guy. Yeah. So the, they're basically trying to recapture all of these cursed antiques that have been sold off. So that's the premise of the show. It wasn't very good. And that's Friday the 13th somehow. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, that was, that's a perfect example of them just taking a play off of a, of a popular name. Yeah. Cause not once was Jason in the series. Anyway, that's not what this one is. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this one is, um, let's see. It's a storyline that reimagines. There's that word. Jason <laughs> in different time periods. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Robert Barsamian, who is the president of Horror Inc., 
which I don't know what that is, but yeah. he said Jason Voorhees is synonymous with the genre, and we plan to build on this legacy with a provocative and compelling take that expands upon the stories that have already thrilled millions worldwide. I'm sorry, that was a quote by Sean S. Cunningham. That guy, he was an executive producer on the show. Samian. I mean, if you're not familiar with who Sean S. Cunningham is, he directed the original Friday the 13th. So he's got some clout. Yeah. Barsamian's quote was, expect the show to take viewers in some exciting new directions that we're confident will not only excite existing fans of Friday the 13th, but also attract new audiences to the situations and characters that inhabit the small town of Crystal Lake. So there's that. So I don't, what is this reimagining Jason in different time periods? I don't really understand. Like all of a sudden there's going to be like a castle around Crystal Lake and he's going to be like in medieval times and I I don't know. He'll be like stalking dinosaurs and shit. The only thing that I can conceive George Washington hunts him down. (laughs) The only thing I can conceive that would make sense is time periods within his life. But that doesn't make a lot of Like fucking Quantum Leap? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he jumps jumps to periods only in his own lifetime. (laughs) Scott Bakula as Jason Voorhees. Uh, but no, like, I I feel like it might, like, cover different points in his own life, like, like it cover him at, like, different ages and stuff. Oh, I he see. He was, like, 13 when he died in 1981, so, if what, that. 68 to 81? Sure. Well, it, so Vietnam? Watergate? Jimmy Carter? Well, but he, he actually, he technically didn't die, because he clearly grew up. Yeah, well, and yeah, he, he actually didn't, um, that, like, as far as the original series goes, he actually supposedly died, like, back in, like, the 50s or 60s or something. And oh, it, that's true. It was only until the 80s when he finally kind of resurfaced. So that's we'll get true. to find out what happened to him after he drowned, but before he... I suppose, but I mean, how interesting is it going to be following around a, a, a mongoloid mute? Um, I, I guess we'll find out. It, is it like Goonies and Sloth? <laughs> was that a that was a terrible joke? I'm sorry. Taylor looks disappointed. I, it's because I'm thinking of that they're making a Goonies too, and it just bothers me. No, oh, yeah. Is Sean Astin going to be in it? Yep. They're all supposed oh. to be in it. Even Josh Brolin? As far as I know. Even Corey Feldman, I believe. Holy shit. <laughs> Anywho. I could That's the second time I've said that. Why am I saying that? Because... I don't know. I, You're an old fat grandpa man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do... Where the fuck were we? Uh, uh, what is Emmett Furlaw Oasis Films? A combination of things. Well, <laughs> they're apparently producing this with Crystal Lake Entertainment and Horror Inc. Oh, and here's the best part, the part that gets... Oh, good, there's there's more. <laughs> what I don't get, it just this blows me away. Um, Bill Basso... Who is a special effects guy with Stan Winston Studios? He does. Um, God, he did uh, Terminator Two. Um, God, 
Jurassic Park, you know, all those basically the Stan Winston studios you know, where they did special effects. <clears throat> and Jordu Shell, who is a creature designer, he worked on Avatar, uh, RIPD, Men in Black 3, um, and, and others. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, you know, those are pretty, pretty big, exciting names. But... Let him finish. <laughs> they're writing the script... Yeah. I. Yeah. Still with us, Kev? Yeah. I'm just <laughs> kind of dumbfounded right now. Yeah. I, I, you hear those names and you're like, oh, cool. They're going to do the special effects. That's going to be great. No, they're writing it. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Yeah. I had to reread that a few times to make sure I was reading it correctly. And so is Helen Keller going to come back from the dead and be the. Director of photography on this one? Let's hope so. Because that sounds like where it should be headed. Yeah. So, uh, basically, it sounds to me like just the whole Friday 13th property, as much as it pains me to say this, um, should probably just be burned. Like, I I think they should just kill it and not let anybody have the rights to it ever again. Because it just Let it only exist in the annals of history. Yeah, the annals of history, yes. Um... It, it just keeps getting worse, uh, and nobody seems to have a single fucking brain in their head to make it any better. So, uh, yeah, as sad as it is for me to say that, it just, yep. yeah, <laughs> so sad. Yep. Are you a uh, Are you much of a Friday the Thirteenth fan? It's what I grew up on. I've seen them all multiple times. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, when you said you've been watching horror movies since you were three, I kind of related to that. My uh, parents tried to keep me from watching it, but my uncle was, you know, steadfast and being like, "Hey, let's watch this." <laughs> yeah, for time. Go ahead. I was going to say my uncle was like, you know, barely, yeah. uh, barely kid and able to watch these too. So he's like, "I'm going to corrupt my nephew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me it was mostly my dad. Uh, he probably knew he shouldn't be letting me watch them, but he was just, I don't know, too lazy to commit to that or something. <laughs> but It's funny, when I like first started getting into horror, I got in much later in life than you guys, but like I was probably 12, 13 when I first really you know, actively got into horror. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad about it, and he was like, you must have gotten that from your mom, because she used to always drag me to those slasher movies at the drive-in. <laughs> I was nice. like, wow, would not have pictured that. <laughs> Considering my mom wouldn't let me watch, you know, Thelma and Louise when I was young because of the rape scene. <laughs> you wanted to watch Thelma and Louise? No, but like it was, it was on and my parents were watching it oh. and that scene came on and my mom was like, I don't want him in here watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Why did my mom sound like Selma Bouvier? <laughs> <laughs> um... We are. Let's let's move on. We've, yeah. we've derailed. Yeah, completely. It's not the first time in this episode. <laughs> Kevin, you seen Sinister? 
I have seen Sinister. Did you like it? Actually, I kind of did enjoy it. Would it, you want to see a second one? I don't know if I'd want to see a second one. Well, it's, there's good news because they're making <laughs> a second one. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and they have found their director. Uh, his name is Sierran? Syrian? Syrian? Kyran? Cyrus Murphy? Something Foy. <laughs> oh. See, I, yeah, Ciaran? It's C-I-A-R-A-N. I've never seen that as a person's name before. But Ciaran um, Foy? Looks like the name of a car. The Chrysler Ciaran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to go with Ciaran. Ciaran Foy, who is the writer-director of Citadel, which was the winner of the Midnighter Audience Award at South by Southwest in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinister 2 will be written by the same writers as the first, Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, and will begin filming in July. Did you like Sinister? Me? Yeah. No. Yeah. I liked probably 60% of it. Hmm. The ending was so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mama. I yeah. still have yet to see Mama. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if you've got time to kill, go ahead. But I wouldn't seek it out. You know, I feel like I really like Guillermo del Toro, but then I see things that he's made, and I'm like, this is not good. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I keep telling myself that I like him, but then I can't think of why. <laughs> it's all Pan's Labyrinth. It just holds over forever. Kevin, did you see um, Don't, Be, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark? Like on Nickelodeon back in the day? No, not Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> oh. No, I haven't seen... The Guillermo del Toro movie with Katie Holmes. And oh, Guy yeah, Pierce. I saw that. That sucked. Oh, it's so awful. It was terrible. I had high hopes. Just because, like, you know... Yeah, you had high hopes it had Katie Holmes in it. <laughs> well, you know... You hey, don't so have did to The Gift. A, Fair enough. You know, you don't have to be... Dude, that had her boobs. Yeah. to be in a horror movie. <laughs> Sorry, we were talking over you. <laughs> 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 we were talking about boobs. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I had high hopes just because you know of the name attached to it, and yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of liked the Hellboy movies um, to an extent. I mean, they're fun. They're fun. Um, but like I, I haven't watched all of Pan's. And Ron Perlman's awesome, huh? And Ron Perlman is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he, that too. He can make anything good. <laughs> um, and um, I watched part of Pan's Labyrinth, and it just wasn't really doing much for me. Of course, I'm not oh much my. for subtitles. Oh, um, so you don't like to read? <laughs> I not, not movies. Yeah, I don't like to read and watch <laughs> things at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I watched Mama. I was pretty uh, disappointed in it. How did this happen? What? We were talking about Sinister. How did we get on Guillermo del Toro? Uh, I honestly don't remember. Uh, that I think we started... and boy we start, guy. We started What's ta- he have to do with Guillermo del Toro? We started talking about uh, Mama, and then that derailed oh, us yet again. Fucking Kevin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, that's, that's all the news on Sinister 2. It starts filming in July. Did you say that? I, I did, but oh, I, okay. I who cares? No one is paying attention. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people like Sinister. I just, it really did nothing for me. 
I thought it was it was creepy, but then that ending was just so just. The ending ruined it. I it was only like watched a, it the once. It was like a B movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I, I didn't really like. Was was it Mister Mister Boogie or something like that? I think so. Mister Bogey. I think it was Mister Boogie. Whatever. Yeah. The the, the villain. Um, it was kind of underwhelming. And I'm sorry. I think Ethan Hawke is a nutsack. <laughs> I just I think he's such a shallow, hollow actor. I mean. Um, but anyway, but you know, when you talk about sinister, I think that's kind of the case with most horror movies. Now it's like you have a great lead up and then the last half hour is like, Oh shit, we really don't have an end. Yeah. Film 15 of them. And Oh, this is the best one. We'll just throw the crap out there and see what happens. Yeah. I think maybe the key to writing a good horror movie might be starting with the end first. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, what happens when you have these people who are writing horror movies just to cash in, yeah. and they don't really give a fuck about the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it might be best to just, like... Because they always start out strong, or lead up to something strong, like, halfway through. But by the end, it's like they run out of steam. So maybe if they just start with the end, they can get all their... Just just get their nut off right from the beginning. But then they have the ending, so they have their really good ending. And they can build they can up. Build to up, it. yeah. They know where they're going. Yeah. You hear that, filmmakers? We just solved your life. <laughs> well, that's too hard for them. They just want the money. They don't care about the art. It's yeah. true. Unfortunately. So, so um, we had a guest in the past. One uh, man who does care about the genre. Yeah, uh, and we salute him for that, is uh, director Eric England, who we had on was it episode five, I want to say. Was it five? No, it was seven. Seven. It was five, five was the episode where we reviewed Contracted. Seven was the episode we interviewed him in. Right. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so uh, there is talk of him doing it contracted in phase two. Is that like an official thing? That That's the, the, the title. Yeah. That okay. is the title. Um, those of you that have seen contracted, not really sure how they continue that, but um, basically uh, Eric was quoted as saying, IFC has actually asked them for a sequel. Um, he said, I told the producers it wasn't interested because I never envisioned a sequel in the first place. But I said if I came up with an idea that I felt lived up to or surpassed the first uh, first film uh, that I was passionate about, I would. Um, he said it uh, took about a month or so convincing, but I finally turned in a pitch and after after an idea came to me. Now it's just up to the business side of things, if it makes sense for them and us. Um yeah, and they said it will pick up where the first one left off, which, like you said, is going to be interesting. If if you've seen the original, then you know how the, the first one ends, and it's it's going to be hard to have the same feel. Yeah, and and be able to carry that story over. Yeah, I mean, I like in in theory, it would be really easy to continue that story, but it's going to completely change 
the the feel of the movie. Yeah, and what what uh, actually confuses me about it is because it says it's going to pick up where the left, first one left off. But when I envision a sequel to that, if I could envision one, it would probably involve a whole new cast of characters. Um, yeah, maybe spawning kind of from the same origins a little bit. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know where they can go with that same cast of characters. I wonder if maybe that's the plan is to have, uh, oh, what's the character's name? Sam. Sam. Um, you don't know, have her maybe pass it on to somebody else who then goes through the same experience. I suppose. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's um, just such a cop out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it. it uh, and then you're basically doing just doing the same movie with different people. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of have faith in him that he wouldn't just do that. Um, yeah, especially if it took him, you know, a month of convincing to even come up with anything that he, and and him saying he, you know, wouldn't do it unless he was passionate about it. So yeah. obviously he's not just going to turn in something just to turn in something. Right. I mean, he he's definitely kind of presented himself as someone that's not, like, as we mentioned, not somebody that's just trying to cash in. Are you um, familiar with Contracted, Kevin? I haven't seen it yet. It's on Netflix. You should definitely check it out. All right, we'll do. Um, yeah, and I, I actually reached out to Eric and asked him if he would want to come back on the show to talk about Contracted Two, and he said that he would once there's more to talk about. Uh, it's still in treatment form. Nothing's official, but he he did say that as soon as everything's official and there's something to talk about, he would love to come back on the show. Yeah, which we look forward to. Uh, I mean, I don't want to downplay the rest of our guests, but I think that was probably the one of the best guests, I mean, that we've had. Present company excluded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> no, just because of who he was and like his kind of position and um and uh, the way he kind of uh shared our views on filmmaking a yeah. little bit. So it was just it was fun to talk. I feel like to him. he he was definitely the, the highest profile guest we've had oh, to date. Definitely, yeah. And Contracted has really taken off since then, which I'm sure is entirely because of us. Yeah, you know, with our millions and millions of fans, everyone heard him on the Great Plot Podcast, and they were like, "Wow, I need to check that out." Yeah, hell's yeah. And Netflix was like, "We need that movie. <laughs> Give us Contracted." Rebel, rebel, rebel. <laughs> so, um, yeah. A lot like Taylor said, when we hear more from Eric, um, or you know, through the grapevine, or or from the horse's mouth, um, we'll uh, we'll we'll let you know and uh, work on trying to get him back on the show. You know, that kind of reminds me of the movie Afflicted, almost kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's another indie movie that is on Directv right now that I watched a couple weekends ago. That was pretty good. What's Not a it? Good ending to what's it's, it about? Uh, about a guy who gets afflicted afflicted with a <laughs> little mysterious disease that completely consumes him. Uh, yeah, it sounds, um, sounds like it could be similar. You know, it's uh, contracted actually gets con- uh, compared to um, another movie. God, it's called Thanatomorphos, Thin- I think it's called. Um where it's actually basically the same kind of thing where a girl, she catches some kind of sickness and basically starts rotting 
away. Like she's still living, but her body is rotting away from her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, without revealing too much about contracted, that's essentially the same premise, um, to an extent, but, um, yeah, I, I haven't seen Thanatomorphos yet, but, um, anyway, so yeah, moving on. Further sequel news, and going back to, I think it was episode 11? Yes. Uh, where we reviewed the movie Nurse, a.k.a. Nurse 3D. Ooh. Yeah. Nurse 3D. It's, uh, that's... I, stop that. <laughs> According to star Paz de la Huerta's Twitter... Huerta. Huerta. Paz de la Huerta. According to her, um, wow. well, first first she tweeted, retweet if you want a sequel to Nurse 3D. And apparently someone did, <laughs> because her next tweet was, Nurse 2 is on its way. <laughs> Does just, any- just one guy was like, retweet. She's like, okay, done. <laughs> done. That's all we needed. You got it. <laughs> Does anybody, I have a hard time believing that anybody really gives enough of a shit about Nurse to want a sequel. We we didn't love it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good, like at all. <laughs> it was boring. Paz de la Huerta is an awful actress. The only redeeming thing about it was Katrina Bowden and, and her, her ass. Yeah. Um. So, I, I don't know why why I I, I I don't know. And like the way that the first one ended, if like if, if they go with that storyline for a sequel that sounds fucking stupid yeah <laughs> have you seen this one Kevin no but I've seen candy stripers at least a few times that's not relevant to our interests <laughs> I know but that's as close as I can get to this it's completely different yeah I figured sorry uh, yeah well if you are interested go back and listen to episode 11 and listen to us talk about it. Well, yeah. And then then, then now, decide if you want to see it. Now who didn't do their homework? Usually I listen to you guys, and it's like the one episode I haven't gotten to yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> the one episode we're talking about just so happens. Okay, I listen to every episode except that one. I skipped that one for some reason. <laughs> Work got in the way. Damn it. Damn it all. Damn it all the hell I hate you guys. I'm never coming back <laughs> to this shit show. I mean... Fantastic podcast. No, I mean, really, fuck us. Fuck this show. <laughs> no, I will go back and listen, and then I'll probably watch it because I cannot get enough of really bad horror movies, and especially if it uh, has some nice ass in it. Yeah, I mean, Paz de la Horta, for all of her faults, including her acting and her face, has, <laughs> has an incredibly nice body. And Katrina Bowden, who we all know from 30 Rock. Sex Drive. Sex Drive. Um, Miss Tasty. Yep. <laughs> um, she does a little, little, little ass shot. A little booty. Anyway. Um, so. So. Yep. 
that's that's all we have is two tweets from Pasta de la Huerta, and for some reason we felt that was worthy of putting on the show. I, yeah, I guess. It must have been a slow news week. And yet we talked about it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Tiptoe through the window, all the windows of the general become tiptoe through the tulips with me. So... In further sequel news. Yeah, god damn, all these fucking sequels. Sequels, remakes. Um, also, this kind of creates a segue. Taylor wrote a nice little article on our movie pilot. Uh, moviepilot.com, just search Grave Plot Podcast. It, it's slash Grave Plot. Okay, moviepilot.com slash Grave Plot. Um, Taylor wrote a pretty lengthy article about how you can make a horror movie that isn't a remake. Uh, it's a uh, pretty, pretty informative and pretty, um, th- thorough and thought provoking. Thank you. And a little disappointing, not from his end, but oh, I was like, just at, at the, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. It's like it's good and it's nice and it's long and it's thought provoking, but it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it, it's, it's disappointing to think that Hollywood has let us down as, as moviegoers just so much. And it's just like, they're not even trying anymore. Anyway, um, so yeah, that that leads me into this story. Um, another insidious sequel, even though I'm pretty another sure. Th- yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure the second one just came out recently. Yeah. I don't know if it's that recent. It's on Netflix already. Well, what is that? I think it came out last year, but it hit Netflix really, really fast. Yeah, um, I, mean, I still have not seen part two. I didn't care for part one. Yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't hate Insidious. I don't know that I liked it enough to want to see the second one. I mean, it's on Netflix, so I'll probably watch it. But It's free. Yeah, kind of. fuck it. Have you seen both, Kevin? I have seen both. Is part two worth seeing at all? It is not as good as the first one, I'll say that. All right, well, I didn't like the first one, so. <laughs> so there's nothing in it for him. Yeah. You know, if you're drunk one night and, you know, the wife's asleep, might as well throw it on. Throw it in. I don't condone rape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Insidious Chapter 3. We're bringing back... uh, Clever title. (laughs) We're bringing back uh, uh, Lay Wannell, or 1L. I think it's Lee. Is it Lee? Yeah. That would make sense since he's a guy. Uh, Lee, is it... I think it's 1L. 1L. Okay. I'm, I'm not certain. Whatever. It's kind of a goofy unisex name um uh he's going to write it and you know you guys might recognize him from also the other two insidious movies and saw movies well mm-hmm. just saw one just saw one uh and i think he had some involvement in paranormal activity as well i think i could be wrong on that yeah i don't know um but who did have involvement in um paranormal activity is Orrin pelly who is producing this along with Jason Bloom for uh, for Bloomhouse? Um, I believe that's Blum. Is it Blum? I, I've heard them on the the Movie Crypt podcast say say Blum before. Oh, whatever. Um, Bloom would be way better. You should go by Bloom. Bloom is I'll a better name. Know. Blum just sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a dumb person. Sounds like something some like redneck hick would have. Are, are you sure your name is Blum? <laughs> I 
I'm Tommy Bloom. Uh, Not Blum? <laughs> you sure? Uh, so, anyway, um, it would be bringing back Lynn Shea's character. <laughs> uh, as well as the ghost hunter Specs and uh, Tucker. Specs is Lee Wano. Yes, he is. Very good. Um, so, I mean, we're not, I mean, I think the consensus is that we're not any of us really huge Insidious fans, but I know that there are big Insidious fans out there. Um, and so if this is interesting to you, then we will go ahead and keep you posted on it. I mean, what choice have we? It's what we do. Deliver the news. Boop, 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 boop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, that's all for this story. Anything to add, Kevin? No. <laughs> Thank you. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. The cell will be chosen. In further sequel news. In further sequel news. I spit on your grave. Three is happening. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, Tony is excited. Uh, this is bre- being pre-sold at Con or Cans. Cans, if you're American. Um, it's being done by Cinetel Films, who has yet to hire a writer or director, but has committed to a third round of bloody mayhem. So Ooh. they're pre-selling a movie that has nothing <laughs> but a title. Um, it's but, going- it's, but it's a sequel. Right. So that means it's got title notability. Notability, uh, that's what I meant. Yeah. And since it's a I Spit on Your Grave movie, it's going to have rape. And lots of titties. Probably. Or the same titties over and over. Did you see the second one? Yep. I may have only seen the rape scene. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sick ass. <laughs> you were just looking for the booze, were you? Uh, the third one. <laughs> Taylor doesn't care how he gets the boobs. <laughs> Taylor will look at a, at, a, at a girl who's being raped or a dead body. To get his boobs. She's not. It's a movie. She's not actually being raped. Uh-huh. I don't condone rape. <laughs> <laughs> What's sad is that's not the first time I've had to say that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you said uh, I don't think rape is funny. Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> no, wait a minute. That was, that was tree rape. Wait, what? It's different. <laughs> that was tree rape. Tree rape is funny. <laughs> We were oh, talking from, about uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, yeah. I was like, yeah, that would be the only tree rape. It's I funny, could, right? I think, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> of course, when plants rape people, it's funny. Ah, uh, Christ. You would think it would give her superpowers. Yeah, Getting fucked by a tree? Yeah, like the GMO. guy from Darkwing Duck that was a plant. <laughs> 
<laughs> so say, wait a minute. I don't remember to be on Doc Wag ducking right by a tree. <laughs> you know how they how Disney always slides weird things in the background of shows. I don't watch, think they slid that in. Watch the eight second part of the uh, intro. It's right there. Just a chicken. What's his name? Like Bushwick or something? I don't fucking know. I haven't seen Darkwing Duck in years. I Spit on Your Grave 3 will focus on a serial killer who uses a crisis hotline to target rapists. There it is. One of, the, one of the counselors has a dark past which sends detectives sniffing in her direction, but is she the killer they're looking for? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people tend to get noticed when they kill a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Doesn't she watch CSI? <laughs> or Dexter? Or Dexter. Which this sounds suspiciously like. Or yeah, a little too much. Law and yeah. Order SVU. Like Starring when Dexter. someone smokes too many cigarettes. <laughs> 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 uh, so. So, yeah, who cares? I'll stop the world and melt with you. Is that it? Our last story. We have another story? Yep. All right. (laughs) Is not about a sequel. Or rape. It's about a remake. Hey. Of a movie that's been made in the last 10 years. Oh, dear God. Cabin Fever. Yeah. Uh, Patient Zero just came out or is coming out? Um, I, I don't think it's out yet, but yeah. Okay, well, Cabin Fever, Patient Zero, is um, a prequel. And it was originally supposed to spawn off a new trilogy. But they have instead decided that it's going to be a remake. Yeah. They're just going to start all over. Yeah. Is Ryder Strong going to be in it? I doubt it. Damn it. He I needs know. work. Is, he's, not <laughs> he needs on, work. He, he's not on Girl Meets World? I have no idea. I know. You're boycotting because it's on Disney. I am. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah. Sources that <laughs> have told Brotherly Disgusting that... Uh, is that a typo here? Nope. Indomnia will instead put a remake of Eli Roth's 2002 Love It or Hate It original Cabin Fever into production. Hated it. You I love like the last like, two minutes. Not particularly, no. Oh. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, it had its moments, but I, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was... It, it definitely lacked a scary stove. Yeah. And a car chase. <laughs> or no, wait. Was there a car chase? Was there? Maybe that was the second one. I don't know. Who They're fucking cares? <laughs> the last two minutes of the first one were gold. I never laughed my ass off harder during a <laughs> horror movie. I was a big fan of Jordan Ladd uh, until she got really gross, of course. <laughs> oh, and um, what's her face? Serena Vincent. Yep. That was Eli Roth's first movie. Was it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, be goddamned. But yeah, uh... Evolution Entertainment, who produced the first three Saw movies, as well as Dead Silence and Death Sentence, will be producing the remake with Cassian Elvis, or Eagles, according to my cousin, and Evan Ostrowski, who 
our producers, I assume. I've yep. never heard of either one of them. Sounds like a former Russian ice dancer as well. <laughs> Evan Ostrowski. <coughs> For the gold. <laughs> uh, so this is a joke. This is basically... Um, oh, it's a joke? It's not really, not really happening? It's, it's, a, it's a bad joke uh, wow. it, in that it's actually happening, so it makes it not funny. Um, it's God, it, this is just like Friday the 13th why are they doing this money money money, money. yeah I mean I, I, I wish there was a better explanation for that I mean like other than just money because that is just absolutely pathetic yeah that's Hollywood <sighs> alright anything else to say on this matter not, up, not from me. Let's go to... Um, outside of utter disappointment, no. All right. Well, there you have it. Just a shit show. Big old turd. <sighs> all right. And that's all for horror business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> How's that for a slice of fried gold? All right, so... Look out quick. Because of the reviews. Taylor, go ahead. We'll do your fir- yours first since Kevin didn't watch mine. Oh, right. Good point. <clears throat> Sorry. I couldn't get it to go. Yeah, yeah. I tried. Okay. Um, well, this is uh, a brand new movie. just came out a few weeks ago. We meant to review this last episode. No. Yeah, last episode. Yeah. But, but didn't have time. So it got bumped, and now here we are. Well, we were going to... We were going to watch Jin this episode. this episode, but we couldn't find it anywhere. It's not playing anywhere in the state. Yeah, not even on the crappy side where Kevin lives. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get movies over here. You don't get anything over there. I'm uh, surprised you have outdoor get... toilets. <laughs> I have four toilets in my house. Do you, oh, boo, 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 do you need four toilets? Like, how much do you shit? A lot. <laughs> Are your all your toilets like one is lined up directly over the other one upstairs? <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. I am a tall person, so I like to sit higher than most people. Mm-hmm. Do you alternate? You make yeah, sure you. I'm going to shit in this toilet today. You shit. Well, yeah, in when you have evenly. that many options, you you know might as well. <laughs> ah, fuck. Oculus. Okay. Oculus from 2014. Oculus. Tim is a healthy adult who represents no danger to himself or anyone else. And I believe he should be discharged. Hey, little brother. I found it. What do you mean? We only have a few days. A few days for what? To keep our promise and kill it. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. We got a new home, so we get new furniture. It's a bit ostentatious, though, don't you think? Hey, Dad, who's that lady in your office today? What lady? 
were just kids. We made up a scary story so we wouldn't have to accept the fact that our father was a sick man who killed our... Mom? Why don't we just end it right now and smash the damn thing? First, I intend to prove that the people I've just described were victims of the supernatural force that resides in that mirror. You want to redeem the family name? You promised me you'd never forget what really happened. I was 10 years old. Daddy? Tim? Tim. Snap out of it! So this is a movie about the uh, entryway to the Barclays Center. Nope, nobody gets that joke. All right, no. They the the big opening in the front of the oh, stadium. Yes. That's they call it the Oculus. How okay, very informative, Taylor. Thank you very much. I understand. Can we now. can we move on now? Yeah, I wish you would. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so Oculus. It's a film about. Siblings. Um, we have a, uh, a girl named Kaylee, who is played by Karen Gillan, who, as we mentioned before, is from Doctor Who. She played Amy Pond for several years. And we saw her at Crypticon. In person. Live. Ooh. We were like 1,200 feet away from her. Yeah. She looked like a little red-headed aunt. A ginger, eh? A ginger. Very ginger. Um. Anyway, she is Scottish, but she plays an American in this. Just uh, she does it quite well. Yeah, it just her accent slipped a couple times, but other than that, yeah, she did really well. <clears throat> anyway, so Kaylee uh, and her brother Tim. Um, this this movie it's it, it kind of plays in two different um events or two different points in time. One when Kaylee and Tim are. Uh, what thirteen and ten, respectively, and then again when they are twenty three and twenty one, respectively. <clears throat> so eleven years of separation. Um, Tim. The movie starts out with Tim being released from a psychiatric hospital. Don't really know immediately why, uh, other than there was obviously some distress within their family, um, and it's mentioned that uh, by his doctor that. Although he was able to spend time in the hospital, and he kind of—I think it actually says it had been ten years overall. Um, although he had time and a kind of a support system to go through recovery, his sister did not. Um, and that's when you are introduced to Kaylee as an adult. <clears throat> She's currently working at a uh, auction house with. Her family, or sorry, her fiance, um, 
and we are presented to a just a really creepy looking mirror like i don't think i'd even want that prop in my house <laughs> yeah yeah yep that's creepy um kevin did you think it was creepy it would i definitely would not have that mirror in my house consensus right? creepy yeah i mean i was pretty impressed that it was carved from one single piece of wood but of course it was probably actually like poured resin or something yeah <laughs> yeah or balsa right sack Balsack? Balsa wood. Whatever. Balsack wood? I don't think it was carved from Balsack, Kevin. That's inappropriate. I'll <sighs> thank you not to talk that way anymore. We don't talk uh, about Balsacks on this show. And not at all. Not ever. We talk Never about rape, but not Balsacks. <laughs> yeah. Rape is fine on this show, but not Balsack. Duly noted. Anyway. So, um, there's... God, I don't even know how much about this I can tell without kind of ruining it. Ruining ruined it's ruined um they paid sixteen thousand dollars for this mirror at the auction right well um she kaylee used her connection as an employee of this auction house to basically take the mirror that had just been purchased um and it was going to go through like a day and a half of processing of some sort or another um and bring it to their old family home on the day that her brother's released from the mental hospital. Through the progression of the film, you find out that this mirror actually has some kind of just hold and uh, supernatural powers over the living things surrounding it. It appears to absorb life, or, you know, basically absorb life force to the point where um, there was a family dog and the dog just got gradually and gradually more sick to, uh, and to the point where it disappeared. Like they didn't find it dead. It was just gone. Um, uh, it would drain the life out of plants mm-hmm. and it basically caused base, uh, just, uh, psychosis in both of their parents. Um, that's just called marriage, though. <laughs> uh, Speaking from experience there? Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, so, throughout this film, um, Kaylee and Tim are, they basically argue, because Tim has, for all intents and purposes, he's been cured. He's been brought to a frame of mind where he has rationalized everything that occurred in the death of the parents, all surrounding this mirror. Meanwhile, Kaylee has spent the last 11 years uh, researching this mirror, uh, finding out that basically every owner previous has died some terrible, gruesome death. Uh, And, I mean, any sane person would see that it's not just a coincidence. Um, Yeah, there was 45 deaths in all. Right. Um, But... As I mentioned, Tim has just, he's been through so many years of therapy that he has rationalized everything that went on in their home. Um, and I won't go into great detail about that because I feel like it might create some spoilers that yeah. I want to try to avoid. Um, but, so, it's, it's, it's basically a film just showing this mirror having really weird control over people. Right, and Kaylee and Tim have decided they're going to kill it. 
That's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess I left what, that what, out. What they say, like, they, they use the word kill. Right. You know, not destroy, not break. They, they say they're gonna, going to kill it. Mm-hmm. So um, they have this, this whole plan. Well, she has this whole plan. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's, I mean, let's, I guess we'll talk about this plan a little bit. Um, there, she put it in her father's old office, which is where it was located in this house when they lived there as children. And I guess presumably she still owns this house because it just she sat. Must, on, yeah, yeah, it just sat on the market until. Yeah, she said she bought it. Oh, she did. Yeah did she did she actually buy it or did you? I I thought I heard inherit it. Yeah, just it transferred ownership or something. Oh, I thought she said something about like I don't. Know, there was like some small line saying she covered something to do complete ownership or something like that. Oh, well, maybe she paid it off. Possibly. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, but she has gone to great lengths and, and, and very clearly a great amount of planning to document th- how this, um, or basically document the powers of this mirror. Um, however, that I mean that kind of proves to be a little more difficult than she thought. She she rigged up several safeguards. She said sev- uh, f- through her research, she f- discovered that previous owners had died from dehydration starvation um and just kind of overall mental collapse um so i mean she set these set alarm clocks to go off at different intervals to remind them to eat um to remind them to drink water uh and i think there was another one to um she had her fiance call every hour on the hour yeah right even though at one point she acknowledged that this mirror seemed to have control over everything I think at one point they decide, decided it was about a 30 meet, uh, thirty foot radius. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so she said that it was a 50-50 chance whether or not the call she was receiving was actually her fiancé or not. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, and she rigged up this anchor, like a, like a boat anchor, to this, to a, um, a pendulum on the ceiling, to, and then weighted it with dumbbells to make it even heavier. Right. Um, yep. To and positioned it to where when it was released, it would swing down into the mirror. Um, and she put it on a on a time delay. Basically, if she was not able to reset the mirror every thirty minutes, I think it was. I believe um, so. That the. Um, the anchor would release and swing down in the mirror and destroy it. So being that she had believe she believed that the mirror had a mind of its own thing. She felt that it had a vested interest to make sure that she was always there to reset that dial. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know. I guess overall this movie was just, it was hard to follow a little bit. Yeah, I will say it took me about 20 minutes into the movie before I realized that the scenes were flashbacks. Yeah, me too. I thought it was like a duplicate mirror, like the part that, yeah. Like mm-hmm. a part of it was maybe taken out and it was in another mirror too. So there was two and we were going to have like side-by-side movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like very... When when they first showed their, their a scene of their their childhood, very briefly said eleven years ago, like like if you looked away, you missed it. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess if you would have missed that, 
it probably would have taken you a little while to kind of catch up and realize, oh, this is them as children. Kevin, did you recognize their dad? Yeah, uh, I couldn't place him um, exactly, but he was extremely familiar. What if I was to say, I do not regret the things that I have done, but those that I did not do? Okay. No? Yes? No? No. (laughs) What if I was to say, uh, the fat man walks alone? No. What if I were to say, if you asked if it was a pleasure to know you, I'd tell you now that it was. Um... Come on, man. You're really letting us down here. I know I'm terrible with this. I, he was in Argo, wasn't he? I don't know. <laughs> what if I was to tell you that you are not allowed to leave that couch? I think we've dedicated enough time to this. It's Rory Cochran. He played Lucas in Empire Records. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> wow. He got old and fat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so holy shit! <laughs> I guess this might be a good time to mention the cast. I mean, it's it's a handful of pretty well known faces. I mean, Karen Gillan, um, Rory Cochran, and Katie Sackhoff, who a lot of people would probably know from uh, Battlestar Galactica. <clears throat> um, and then Brenton Thwaites, uh, he played Tim. Um, he looked really familiar, but I don't I don't know why. I didn't recognize him, so whatever whatever you recognize him from, I haven't seen. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking at his his work here. Nothing really stands out. So, did anyone else notice that this movie seemed to use a lot of dramatic music for very mundane scenes? Yes. Yes. It was. Uh, so. Yeah, it was a little over the top. Yeah. Like, there was a scene where she's, like, watering the plant. It's like... (laughs) Um, Like, wait, okay. And then the whole, like, well, not really the middle, but kind of the beginning half of the middle of the movie is just Kaylee and Tim arguing about who's actually crazy. Yeah, which, actually, I thought that was pretty important. Because there was a point in the movie. See, I thought it was important, but I thought it went way too long. Fair enough. Um, but it, yeah. d- it definitely was important, I thought, because it um, it even though you, you kind of go into the movie thinking, okay, well, this mirror has some kind of life to it that is possessed or supernatural or whatever. And, it, and these things that they say are happening are actually happening. But Tim, the way Tim rationalizes things, it actually makes you second guess that. It's like... Okay, well, he's making good points. Did this actually happen? Yeah, no, I thought that was actually really well done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of, um, like, American Psycho, where it kind of puts you yeah. in, in that mindset of, you know, who's actually crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was important. I just thought that it went on for too long. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it was a long movie. It was, like, uh, probably... About two hours, I think. No, I don't. I don't think it was that long. I think it was like ninety six. Uh, yeah, it's an hour thirty eight. Hour thirty eight. There you go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we went and saw it. Uh, the movie started at eight. Figure okay. Well, probably about fifteen minutes of 
trailers, uh, and then it, we we left the theater at like ten, almost on the dot. So I guess probably about one hour forty four minutes. Ah, well, there we go. That includes credits, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, whatever. <clears throat> Still, that's 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 a good length. Yeah, it's a lengthy movie. That's what she said. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, so something that I was thinking pretty much the entire time I was watching this, um, did either of you just feel like or sense like some really strong correlations between this and uh, Amityville Horror? A bit, yeah. I didn't, but now that now that you say it, yes. Yeah, I mean because there is um, this entity within the house. It, I mean, it obviously wasn't the house itself. It was just, it was this mirror. Um, and it, it made, I guess, mostly the dad go just crazy. Like, he, he lost lost his kind of grip on reality. Um, their mother, she kind of reverted into kind of like this feral, crazy woman. <laughs> well, yeah, it was weird because... Yeah, that was odd. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't really tell if... Like the the mirror, it seemed with with some people it like possessed them almost, and then with other people it just kind of manipulated their mind into making them do other things. But I guess just kind of possession. Yeah. But like they would think they were doing one thing, and then all of a sudden realize that the whole time they'd been doing something else. Yeah. It was like the mirror put put their mind somewhere else, mm-hmm. and then controlled their body. Yeah. Um, like the apple and the light bulb scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was heinous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I don't think it's much of a. I don't think it's necessarily a spoiler. I mean, it reveals a bit, but not really important to the plot. She, um, the 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 mirror keeps it wiping out power in the house, like blowing out light bulbs and stuff. So they've she's got a box of light bulbs. She's completely prepared to just go through and replace each one. So she's replacing a light bulb in this in this um, like basically work uh, work light that are set up around the house. She puts the bulb on the counter right next to this apple she's been eating. When she replaces the light, she picks up the box, grabs the apple, and bites in. Like, from the back side of her head, you hear her bite down, but then you hear this glass break. And then it whips around, and she has just got a mouthful of blood, and she's, like, her hand is just covered in broken glass. So, yeah, that was pretty gruesome. Yeah, and then she reaches into her mouth and pulls out this giant shard of broken glass. Yeah. But then... Tim walks in the room and like says, you know, what are you doing? And the piece of glass that she's holding in her hand that, I mean, she just like probably pulled out of like her tongue or something. Um, it suddenly it's a piece of apple skin. Yeah. So, I mean, the the mirror was doing that kind of thing to their minds through the entire movie. Right. Um, and she, she did a pretty good job of just bouncing back. It's like, okay, well, yeah, (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, she's kinda... been going through this for right. eleven years. So, um, and other things it would do, it would. Uh, she had two cameras pointed directly at the at the mirror to record it. Um, and there was another mirror in the back of the room, mounted on the wall. They're all on par- uh, separate power switches, like power sources, I should say. <clears throat> Her and Tim are out in the hallway arguing. And they come back, and the two mirrors or two uh, two cameras 
are facing each other, like, and their their lenses, their butt up right next to each other. And so she goes and she pulls the camera down from the wall and plugs it into the computer, and it plays back. It was her and Tim that actually moved the cameras like that. And, yeah. You know, other things around the around the room moved them into position. So the mirror made them think they were in the room arguing or out in the hallway arguing, but they're actually in the room moving the cameras, which was <clears> badass. <throat> that was cool, and that <clears throat> Jesus, <clears throat> um, it uh, definitely made you. I think that was probably the first scene where it it kind of made me question every scene in the movie. Yeah. Because up up to that point, it's just like okay, well, what I'm seeing is what's happening. But at that point, I think from every scene there on, made me think: is this? I mean, is this actually what's happening, or is this what the mirror wants him to think is happening? So, I thought it was pretty well done in that respect. I feel like it was it was confusing in a lot of ways, but I feel like it was intentionally confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you don't know what's a trick, what's a flashback. Because there are points where the two timelines like cross over almost. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's even a point where you, it almost makes it seem like the 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 past. Like I think it was, uh, I think it was Tim. It made it seem like his like his past self could actually see his future self. Yeah. So it made you question. It's like, okay, well, is there some kind of like time travel involved here? Or? Yeah, or like there's parts where it seems like Tim's present self is interacting with the past not necessarily his past self but like he's in that time frame from 11 years ago again but as his 21 year old self right um yeah i mean this movie overall it was just the 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 way that it manipulated even the viewer's mind i think was really well done it was i don't want to go as far to say it was ingenious but it was pretty intelligent and, and thoughtful i mean yeah I, you know in saying that though i would say it's more there there was no scenes that actually made me like jump like a horror movie should it was more i think it was more of a psychological thriller than a legitimate horror movie sure yeah i could see when that. it comes down to it yeah i mean uh, other than like involving like supernatural forces and kind of like uh for all intents purposes ghosts um yeah i, I Aside from that fact, then yeah, I would definitely agree with you. <clears throat> There's not a lot of blood and guts. Um, there are a few scenes with the the dad's fingernails. Oh God! I, yeah, yeah. I, we know how you are with fingernails. <sighs> I'm the same way. It's just... I fucking cringe like a little girl when when that kind of shit happens. Um, it's okay to be a little bitch. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it, that was uh, that was rough to watch, and um, the the things that needed to be creepy definitely were creepy. I mean, like there were parts where she was um, uh, going over the past owners of the mirror, which, by the way, um, this mirror is like she said the the exact origins couldn't be traced. Like she could only trace it back to like the early or. or so the early or late 1700s like that was the... yeah late 1700s right um but i mean presumably it was like it came from some scottish royal family or something or something like that yeah 
Um, so uh, anyway, but she was basically documenting her review of all the previous owners of the mirror, showing pictures of like how they died. And one that stood out to me, especially, was the woman she uh, she had bitten into a live power wire. Oh and, yeah, like, her face was burned yeah. off. That was gruesome. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah, and especially when they were um, like all the 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 ghosts, I guess, were all like haunting the house. They're all kind of gathered around them, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. and like seeing that person like in the in the flesh, essentially, that was pretty grim. <laughs> and how about those mirror eyes? Yeah, those were creepy. Yeah, <clears throat> it took me it took me a minute to. Well, it took me almost the entire movie to kind of like figure out what exactly they were doing, but yeah, it was their eyes were mirrors. Oh, see, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, I thought they were just like glowing white, or yeah, that's what I thought, casting some kind of reflection. But yeah, they were actual mirror eyes. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's neat. Yeah, I mean, there was clearly a, a computer effect, but it still looked really cool. Yeah, no, that, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So, um, go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, just the way it ended, sequel? Uh, Possibly. I I definitely think so. Really? The fact that the mirror still exists. Well, yeah. I could still, I could definitely, oh shit, just just kind of blew the ending a little bit. (laughs) A little bit, not too much. You can always edit that part. I could, but I probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's... The the mirror is Jason, you know. There's sure, yeah. Even if it didn't exist at the end, there could still be a sequel. So. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, but th- that kind of pulls back to the the main theme of the movie is just the, their ultimate goal, like kind of their end game is to destroy this mirror. <clears throat> but they find that the mirror has. Uh, like a kind of a, like a mind of its own, essentially, and um, it has ways to defend itself. Regardless of the fact that it's an inanimate object, it has the ability to manipulate people's minds into preserving itself. Yeah. Like there's one point where <clears throat> um, Tim, he's telling Kaylee to just smash the mirror and be done with it rather than go through all this documenting and bullshit um, she says, by all means, smash it. And he's, so he picks up a stool and goes over to smash it and stops. And he turns turns to her and says, um, or, you know, he, he starts rationalizing things again. And she cuts him off like almost mid-sentence and says, why'd you put the, why'd you put the stool down? And, like, he didn't even realize he had done that. Yeah, and then he, like, rationalizes in real time. He's like, well, just because I didn't want to, whatever he said. Yeah. But he yeah, like, he didn't. He didn't. You know, acknowledge that anything made him do it. He just tried to rationalize that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um. You know, I do want some sort of sequel, or at least Biculus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I. I mean, I really want to know. I want to know. Yes. Include that song. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know the origin of the mirror. I want some history on the mirror, just because I love the theory of everything. So you like, want a prequel? A prequel? 
I, 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 yeah, kind of. I don't care if it's back in caveman days when this whole shit starts. How about a pre-make? Pre-make? What about a sequel? <laughs> I'm in. Whatever. Just tell me how the year started and I'll be happy. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I liked this movie overall. I mean, it, it had its its weak points at some at some points. Um, like, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the kid that played Tim. Yeah, I, he wasn't that good. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of a weak actor. Um, the girl that played young Kaylee was she was in an episode of, of New Girl. Thanks. <laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs> In case you were wondering if you recognized her. No. Nope. Just assumed it was another ginger. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I guess yeah, it's one thing that I feel like I've kind of glazed over a little bit is um uh, her her uh, Kaylee and Tim's parents uh because uh, Alan and Lucas, Lucas, yeah, no, Wait, oh no, no, not Lucas, dickhead. Uh, Mary, Mary, thank Mary. you. Yeah, um, yeah. So they basically they feel the effects of the mirror, like when the Tim and uh, Kaylee are children. Like it doesn't seem to affect them at all when they're kids, other than you know the world around them seems to only kind of take uh, take hold on their parents. Um, or did it? Dun, dun, dun. We don't really know what was real. That's, that's a good point. But what we, what we were presented with was that, as I mentioned before, Mary basically descended into this primal, feral, just crazy person. Yeah, she almost had, like, zombie-esque... Uh, Actions, yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, like uh, quarantine almost. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, but uh, and then on the flip side, Alan. That's this is what really reminded me of Amityville Horror was the fact that he was being so um, seduced essentially by this mirror. I mean, quite. I mean, kind of literally too, because one of the past victims in the mirror was kind of corporealizing herself um, and like like physically seducing him Um, and I know that at one point um, Kaylee is outside playing with with Tim and spots inside the office mirror or office window and sees her dad getting a back rub from some strange woman that he's never seen before yeah like um Young Tim, he even says, I think she lives in, in there. Talking about the dad's office. It's right. Because he had yeah. seen this woman. He says, I think she lives in there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a, it's a woman named uh, uh, Marisol. Um, so, yeah. And I, I believe she was actually a, a victim of the mirror, like a, like a previous owner. I, it would be interesting to go back and listen to um, Kaylee go run through the list again mm-hmm. and hear if there's a Marisol. Yeah, because I mean, it got she she started kind of rapid firing. Yeah, um, and I mean, there were so many of them. It's like some of them were, were actual owners of the mirror, like they had them in their homes mm-hmm. or had it in their home. Um, and some, like I believe, there was one at one point that uh, 
it was it was inside a mirror lobby or it's a mirror lobby. <laughs> the hell's a mirror a, lobby? A bank lobby, or um, in a, in a hotel lobby, I think. Um, so it wasn't all always just like like personal owners. It was I think it was just the mirror was kind of absorbing the life force of whoever it could. Yep. And I mean, obviously it's impossible to know what motive the mirror had. It just wanted to FSU. I guess so. So Kevin. Yo. On a scale of one to 10, what would you rank Oculus? You know, that was actually probably one of the better psychological thrillers I've seen in a long time so I don't have to put it like probably a solid seven seven and a half seven or seven and a half yeah which one you gotta pick one. Oh, um <laughs> I'll be fair and say seven and a half alright Taylor um you know it's funny when I initially watched it I just found myself confused for a lot of it and I felt like the movie itself was confused. But now as we sit here and talk through it, I like a lot of stuff is coming clearer to me. Yeah. I, I feel like if I was watching this movie with someone, I I may have liked it better because I could have talked through things as I watched it. Mm-hmm. So I initially was going to rank it fairly low because I thought it was a little bit of just kind of a jumbled mess. Um, and I thought it was not only confusing but confused in itself. But like I said, those things have become clearer, and I realize what was going on in those scenes. So um, I think I'm going to give it a. I'm going to go six and a half. Cool. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you here. Um, I um, started off initially just being really confused by it, um, but once I started to kind of figure out exactly what was going on and the fact that it was it was the point for me to be confused right and not know exactly what was going on um it's uh it it started to kind of make more sense to me i mean the fact that i kind of understood my confusion right made, made it made more sense make more sense um and um as i mentioned before just the it, it was very reminiscent of, uh, like I said, Amityville Horror, um, but it wasn't blatant. Like, I mean, you, you know, you're a bigger Amityville fan than I am, and uh, yeah, and I didn't even you pick, pick up, up on it. On it. Yeah. Um, so it was very subtle, I thought, um, but it was familiar at the same time. Um, but very well done, and uh, it was... Um, it, it created this doubt, I guess, Um seed of doubt yeah um and just you don't really know what to believe and you don't you don't know exactly what's going on anyway um so i think all of that considered that i will probably put it at a seven okay um so that gives Oculus an overall rating of seven. Seven. Yep. Woo. <laughs> All right. Um. So next we'll move on to my movie, 
which Kevin is going to sit this one out because he didn't watch it. Not that I didn't give it an effort and try. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I have to believe do. me. But this is from 2013. It's from Australia, and it is called... Scottish Australia? <laughs> 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 is that the wasn't supposed to be an accent. It was just... I was just rolling my head. <laughs> it's from Australia. <laughs> that's a little bit. Lad. Um, <laughs> let's put another shrimp on the barbie. And some haggis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were sitting this one out. I can still make comments. Yeah, not if you make yourself a target. <laughs> you done? Can I, can I continue? You can continue. Please do. Patrick. We're doing remarkable things here. Are you ready to do remarkable things, Ms. Jackard? Yes. Yes, I am. People end up down here because they're pretty much forgotten. He's Roger's special project. Patrick, Kathy, Kathy, Patrick. So I give consent on his behalf. I'll make hiding in there worse than being ripped out. Patrick, can you hear me? I was communicating with him. It signifies nothing. You felt that, didn't you? The only thing more dangerous than his hate is his love. I can't give up now. I'm this close. He has been sent to punish us. I'm not yours, Patrick. I never will be. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, so, Kevin, did you want to, like, I would just kind of hang out and, and, and... He wants to interject smart-ass comments is what he wants oh, to do. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, because I would say we could, we could let you go and if you've got something else to do. That's all good. Okay. All right. So, uh, this movie opens, has kind of a cold open with just this brutal scene of a chick getting stabbed in the eye with a needle. With a dick. No. Oh. Not a dick. You watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, so, yeah, she just gets stabbed right in the eye and then gets reanimator goo in her eye. Didn't, didn't it look like that? Yeah. It, the stuff in the syringe looked like reanimator? It, you know, honestly, that shit, like, took me to, like, almost the end of the movie to even realize what that was. What was it? Huh? What was it? 
I think it was like something to um, like force uh, uh, coma. Ele- well, no, force electrons to activate. Because I mean, no, it, that it, was it, the red stuff. The red stuff. Yeah, I don't even remember the red stuff. Let's explain the movie. Okay. Um, and then it, it, the credit scene. It does the the newspaper clippings credit scene, mm-hmm. which is. I don't know. It's been done to death. <coughs> it has. Um, but then this this movie is about uh, Kathy Jack. What was her last name? Jack uh, Jackez or something. People called her Jax for short. Um, I remember. But she's played by Sharni Vinson, who was in Your Next. She was in Your Next, which was a good movie. It was a decent movie. Um. And then she is working at this old hospital for coma patients. And uh, she stumbles upon room 15 and a patient named, coincidentally enough, Patrick. Ooh. And basically Patrick is... Like the title. He's the titular Patrick. Titch. And... uh, He he basically like if if you look at him you would never guess that he's been in a coma for however long it's been. Do they say how long it's been? Jackard. Excuse me. That was her last name, Jackard. Oh. <laughs> Jacquard, something. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what was your question? How long did they do they say how long Patrick's been in the coma? They may have. I didn't catch it. Okay, but anyways, he's like his his muscles are all still in in shape. He doesn't have any kind of you know bed sores or anything, and his eyes are wide open, yeah. which was really creepy. Fun. <laughs> Basically, the the doctor Doctor Roger has been doing experiments on him, and um, you know, like Tony was talking about earlier, he's basically trying to jumpstart his electrons in his body to get his mind going again. And so he keeps injecting him with these drugs, which are red. You know, the stuff at the beginning was green. That's what I was trying to tell you. I knew the green stuff, but I didn't, I didn't notice the red stuff. Yeah, the stuff he injects Patrick with is red. Yeah. And uh, he tries shock therapy, and he um, he keeps trying to get him to wake up through uh, pain. You know, he digs a scalpel into his hand, or he burns him. Yeah. <clears throat> and he did these things regularly i mean like yeah like daily yeah it, 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 patrick was kind of like his pet project yeah but he just referred to him as 15 right he, he didn't give him the name well his name actually was patrick oh, i know i'm just saying he didn't he didn't call him patrick he just called him 15 oh yeah i think he was trying to kind of um dehumanize him yeah or just kind of keep a, a separation in his own mind um yeah and then patrick has this tick I guess you could call it where he spits <laughs> that was so funny it's like the first time that um, Kathy meets him he spits right in her face and uh, eventually she, she realizes she can communicate with him and she you know has him spit to communicate mm-hmm. once for yes two for no but she's the only one that he communicates with right um <laughs> And she starts like, you know, she puts puts a hand on his face, and she's like, "Can you feel this?" And he's like, <laughs> and then she like puts a hand on his chest, she's like, "Can you feel this?" And he's like, 
And then she puts her hands down his pants. Yeah. I have it in my notes. Grabbing the dong. I have. <laughs> she wants that brain dead dong. <laughs> mm. Yeah, for dong. Yeah, dong. <laughs> I like where this is going. Kevin likes dong. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's... Uh, this is... Uh, my notes are strange. <laughs> um, You're a drunk. I don't know how we got to this point, but at one point there's a sex scene. Yeah. With Sharni Vinson and her boyfriend. And do you think those are stunt tits? I don't know, but there was a point where uh, she got out of the bathtub, and I'm pretty sure that was her. Really? Because neither time you could see her face. Uh, I don't know. I think they might have been stunt tits. Maybe. Yeah, hey, usually. Stunt cock. Stunt cock. Where do you want me? <laughs> um, she slapped her ass. <laughs> There, you know, usually I find um, boobs to be pretty redeeming and uh, can save a movie at times. But the boobs in this movie were kind of underwhelming. Just visually or how they were presented? Both, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I thought they were all right. Yeah. Which is another reason why I thought they were stunted because they looked bigger than hers. Yeah. But then also, like, a lot of patients in the hospital were there were women but yes there was but also was there a man with tits because i swear to god one of those patients was a man but had tits <laughs> i think i noticed an older guy that had some titties <laughs> was he just really fat no i think he's just old just old some, old tits just, just some moops flapping around or something or? Much. yeah it was nasty uh, anyways and then there's Patrick's mother. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, she's like 40-something, so... Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it was a nice sentiment. That, it, <laughs> it was weird, though, because, like, he... Like, as a kid, he was a weirdo. Yeah. And he looked like Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> like... <laughs> the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> um... But, like, he would, like, watch his mom in the bathtub with her boyfriend or whatever he was. Yeah. And, like, she came out and she's like, you little pervert, and starts, like, wiggling her boobs. She's like, is this what you want to see? Yeah. It's like, what? Well, obviously. Who does that? <laughs> um, yeah, so Patrick is a little wacko. Um, and then you you find out that he has these powers, it's never really explained if he has always had the powers or if, like, the coma gave him the powers. Yeah, but we all know with great power comes great responsibility. We do know that from from Spider-Man. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, not the rice guy. Right. Oh. Because that would be racist. No Darnold <laughs> Sterling stuff here? Kevin, or, uh, Kevin? No. Yes, Kevin. No, I was talking about you. Oh. Tony doesn't get that reference. Oh, okay. I don't do basketball. Eh, suck it. <laughs> it's the guy I was just telling you about earlier, the Clippers owner. Ah, right. Um, but yeah, there are no black people in this movie. I just realized that. 
Are there a lot of black people in Australia? I have no idea. Pygmies? Is that a P- PC term? <laughs> I thought that's what they were called. I don't Isn't know. it like a pygmy tribe? I no, know. aboriginals. Aboriginals. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll probably never meet one in our lives. So. Probably not. They're probably not listening. Probably not. Because they no, live out in you the wait. <laughs> yeah, so Patrick has these powers, and his powers are very far-reaching. Yeah. You, you come to find out that he can call somebody, and once he calls somebody, he now can control them. Right. Even if they don't answer the phone. He's like a fax machine. <laughs> yeah. Or they're like a fax machine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> yeah. And uh, so basically Patrick just kind of, he gets very protective of Kathy and he wants them to be together. And so he starts taking out anyone who gets in the way of that. So that's how it finally becomes a horror movie. Cause right now it's just sounding like a weird, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how the, the horror parts actually start is he, he tries to <clears throat> not let anyone, interfere with him and Kathy being together. Right. Um, And it takes forever to figure out what's going on here. Yes, it does. Both these movies, I feel like, have a very slow burn. Yeah. Uh, There's a a decent cast in this, um, by the way. I mean, aside from Sharni Vincent, there's also Rachel Griffiths. Um, God, you know, she's been in a handful of things, but I think what I recognize her most from, and I want to mention, I want to... Who was she? Uh, she was um, the uh, matron Cassidy. Oh, okay. Like the head nurse. <coughs> I want to precursor this by saying this is because of my fiance. But the thing I recognize her most from is from the show Brothers and Sisters. I thought it was Famke Jansen at first. Uh, I can understand the, the confusion. Who's hot? Ah, uh, sometimes. She's kind sometimes, of a two-face. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then also, um, also uh, Charles Dance. Who's... Dance, magic dance. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I have been waiting all day to do that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> that song is going to be in Tony's head all day now. Oh, it's going to be in my head too. Thanks. You're welcome. You're a real Thank prick. You. I agree. Uh, Anyway, Charles Dance, who I think anybody of our generation would probably know, remember him as uh, the villain from Last Action Hero. Oh, that's yeah. where I recognize yeah. him from. Okay. Uh, he was also in... God, so much stuff. <laughs> oh, so much stuff. That's great. I, I saw that oh, one. You like that one? I've seen that one numerous times. Um, he was also, I mean, like, dating way back. I mean, he was also in Alien 3. Um, he's in The Golden Child. Ooh, that's a that's a throwback. <laughs> um, more recently, he was in Ironclad. Did Kevin just pass out? No, I'm up. <laughs> I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Um, <laughs> sure, just imagine just like... <laughs> all of a sudden just a big thud I didn't know what that was I accidentally hit my mic with my hand oh okay it's like 
I didn't cut. I didn't uh, hit mute fast enough. I was about to cough. Anyway, um, so he's been in a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, he played Doctor Roger. Yeah, um, who was a little bit nuts himself. Just a little bit. Um, but basically, you find out that all this stuff happens because Patrick wants his hand job. Yeah. Which, like, he starts. Was bas- I was I not supposed to laugh at that? I hope not, because I did. <laughs> How do you not? Yeah. Everyone in a coma just sits up and starts chanting, "Patrick wants his hand job." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there just like blown away that I'm actually watching this happen. It's like, am I still watching the same movie? <laughs> the, the... He just wants to spread the milk of human kindness. <laughs> Um, the, the, the first guy that says it, he like whispers it. Right. He thought it was going to be something profound. I thought I misheard. I was like, (laughs) it sounded like he said hand job. (laughs) I sat up and started chanting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Um, you know, uh, Patrick, he, uh, he, it seemed like his powers kind of um, transferred through electricity. Well, they said it was radio waves. Right. Um, but there were different points where like people would be trying to grab things like like Patrick, he actually um, takes control of somebody's car. Mm-hmm. Some bad CGI in that scene. Yeah. Bad CGI in a lot of the movie. But he takes control of somebody's car and tries to drive him off the road. And um, when this guy's trying to get out, he's trying to undo a seatbelt buckle. Um, but every time he does it, he gets electrocuted. Yeah. Which, okay, a lot of... There's um, no electrical components in that part of the car. Well, I mean, a lot of cars, especially newer cars, have sensors to tell when, you're, oh, okay. when your seatbelt's not buckled. <clears throat> so okay, there's sure there's a, a certain degree of electricity running through that, but there's one point where Kathy is trying to get back into the hospital, and she's trying to grab the doorknob, and it keeps electrifying her. Like the doorknob is not electrified. There's no wires running to that doorknob. So what the fuck? So I just I thought that was a little. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is maybe an oversight or just kind of phoned in or what. But yeah, I don't really know. <clears throat> Um, let me ask you this. There's, there's a part where she like leans down and kisses Patrick. Uh-huh. Did you expect him to spit in her mouth? Yes. <laughs> I certainly did. Okay, good. That's not just me. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the movie, he, he's like texting her. Patrick, yeah. Patrick is texting her with his mind and she's like running through the hospital and the texts are popping up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Was I not supposed to laugh at that? Because <laughs> I did. It did seem pretty cornball. I know there's uh, this. It seemed like something that Edgar Wright would do in like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, in fact, I think he did. <laughs> yeah, I think he did too. <laughs> Probably. There's this. There's a show that uh, my fiance watches. I think it's it's an MTV show. But you know, so it's geared towards. I I haven't really watched it. It's but geared I, towards horrible people. <laughs> teenagers. So yes. <laughs> Was uh, a Teen Wolf? No. Careful, Tony likes Teen Wolf. 
It's okay. Let's not go off on a tangent. Let's just <laughs> oh, Jesus. keep going. Have you watched it, Kevin? Let's just keep going, please. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, shut up. <laughs> you don't tell me to shut up on my show. Where's, how do we I'll do what mic? I want. I'm a guest. How do we mute his mic? Me? <laughs> no, Kevin. Oh. Like this. <laughs> no, um, anyway. Yeah, so it's an MTV show, but they, they do that kind of shit all the time, so it's just, it kind of registers as comical to me. So Makes me think of pop-up video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it kept doing the ting, ting. Yeah. And like, my girlfriend from the other room was like, why are you making an iPhone noise? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sitting here I'm sitting here watching it, and um, I keep, every time I hear that, like if I'm like maybe writing a note or like not looking directly at the screen, I keep hearing that noise and like looking at my phone. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then at the end, let's see, how can I say this without spoiling it? I didn't really understand what happened. Okay. Me too. Cause with I what, have, with, what the fuck is this ending? <laughs> yeah. With, with what Patrick did. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I didn't miss anything. It really was just didn't make any sense. No. Uh, yeah. I mean like, uh, there was some shit that just seemed really out of character for the movie. Like something I would have seen, thought I would have seen in something more like Poltergeist or fucking Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> <laughs> just something, yeah, just really strange and, and uh, not fluid with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Okay, good. Glad I'm not the only one on that. Yeah. I did like the final scare, though. Because it was very subtle. Uh, was it just like a, a flash? It was the window. The window? Yeah. Uh, may have you remind me later on. Okay. <clears throat> but it, it was very subtle, which I thought was nice. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Freddy jumping through the door. Right. Uh, I found a lot of scenes feeling like they were like um, incomplete. Like there were just you have an these, example. Um, I don't. I feel like there's one scene in my head, but I can't remember the the scenario of it. I just remember it like seeming like it cut. Like there's more more to the scene, but they cut it. <laughs> hmm. I just found that to be kind of recurring with a, within the movie. Um. And I just felt like that it made those like sudden cuts and like like jumps to different scenes made it kind of hard to follow. And I feel like that was kind of um, something that was with uh, with both movies. I mean, this and Oculus, they both had just very sudden cuts. And as Oculus, especially because it was jumping between two points in time, right? And so it's like it takes you almost a second to catch up. To f- like for your mind to register, oh, this is, you know, this is eleven years ago, or this is mm-hmm. today. Um, but this one, it's it's like it's almost like somebody like walks out of a room, and then the next scene starts, and somebody's walking into a room, and you think it's the same person, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I wish I could remember specifics right now, but I, just, I can't. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't pick up on any of that, so sorry. Yeah. Um. One thing that's set me off, like, well, not set me off, but 
almost right from the beginning was um even like the the poster and um you know like like even a, like a trailer for the movie it, it the way that, like the nurses are dressed and like the 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 scenes gives you a uh, feeling that this takes place in like the fifties or something yeah um but then it's like because it's clearly a very old hospital, and they say it, it's actually a converted convent, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's mainly the way that the nurse is dressed, and, and uh, the way um, Doctor uh, Roger Roger dressed. Uh, it it made me think that this, like I said, it was back in like the fifties or something. I feel like that's kind of like stereotypical horror hospital, yeah, garb. Because we we said the same thing with nurse. That's true. Um, but I mean, as, as opposed to this versus nurse, nurse was very apparent that it was modern day, but this like, it, it, it yeah, I guess it, they never really say, yeah, it, it kind of encased you in this world that seemed like it was something like 50, 60 years ago, but then somebody pulls out a cell phone <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. I was completely wrong about this. I mean, like even, like you said, like down to the hospital itself, the equipment in the hospital, like even yeah, it's like, very archaic. Yeah, um, just they, she even it, says when talking about the um, like electroshock thing, she says it looks like it fell off the back of a truck in the twenties. Right. Um. So yeah. Yeah. It uh, there was definitely some kind of plot hole, unexplainable kind of things, like the part where she, where he's texting her, she's running around the hospital and she's talking to him. Hmm. Like, he'll text her something, and she'll be like, what do you want me to do? Even though she's, you know, in sub-basement D, yeah. and he's on the 14th floor, but he can somehow hear her. Yeah. The, in, in, throughout, the, throughout the movie, it kind of suggested that he could contact her and hear her pretty much anywhere. But there's no really ex- real explanation why. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, you're dealing with somebody with psychic powers, so... You know how much can you explain? But um, yeah, the fact that like he knew where she was at all times, um, and like like he could hear her, like you said, like opposite ends of a building. And, well, yeah, and at one point he tells her, "I've been watching you." Right. So I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Um, as brief and non-descriptive as the Wikipedia page for this is, uh, I am seeing that it is actually a remake. Oh, is it? Because I saw there was another movie called Patrick. Yeah. But I, I didn't know if it was the same movie. <clears throat> From the 80s or? 70s. 1978. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, same, same premise. I mean, uh, Patrick lies in a coma in a Melbourne private hospital. He had murdered his mother and her lover three years three years ago. So, okay, so three years ago. So pres- presumably it was maybe three years in this one too. Um, Patrick, who has psychokinetic powers, falls in love with Kathy, the new nurse at the hospital, communicating with her via an electric t- or yeah electric typewriter. This one, it's a computer, right? Patrick also uses psychokinetic powers to control the men in Kathy's life and defend himself against the hospital's bitter matron Cassidy, who plots to murder him. <clears throat> so it sounds I like guess it's pretty much spot on, right? Uh, I guess that's something we didn't 
really all discuss all that much was the fact he had like mind control over people. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, yeah, like he he went as far as like um, to make um, Kathy's husband, I guess. Ed. Or yeah, I her. believe it's her ex boyfriend. Okay, because I remember at one point somebody mentioned that there oh, was you're right. Maybe ex-fiance or, or ex fiance or yeah something ex something, um, but she like he is being controlled by Patrick and just puts his hand like on a flat grill and just or hands and just like burns through down to the nerves and yeah that was pretty gross looking yeah but yeah apparently the original is rated PG oh not even PG thirteen. <laughs> But having fun, Kevin. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> the tagline for the original is "Patrick is nearly dead, and still he kills." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. So, uh, uh, are we ready for numbers, or do you got more to say? No, I'm done. I've been done for a while. I'm just <laughs> okay. So, give um, me a number. Well. Like, honestly, I had a hard time making it through this movie. I mean, it, it was easy to just let it play, but to actually pay attention to it was hard. It took a long time to get going. Yeah. Um, And even when it did get going, I just wasn't that thrilled by it. So, um, I think I'll probably give it a four. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, like I said, both these movies had a slow burn, but at, with Oculus, at least it felt like it was ramping up to something. This one, it just kind of went on, and then stuff happened. Right. It was like where if Oculus <clears throat> was like an upward slope, this was like a flat line and then a jump. Right. So... um yeah, I'm going to match in. I'm going to say four as well. Okay. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us on this one. Thank you for tuning in yet again. Oh. Um, we still don't have a sign-off. I know. Nobody fucking gave us one. The only suggestion I got was um, a girl at work suggested that we, we create a hashtag for every episode for people. If they wanted to comment on the episode, they, they could use a hashtag. I suppose we could do that. It's not much of a sign-off, though. No. What would it be for this one? Oculating. <laughs> there you go. If you want to mention this episode on Twitter or Facebook or Google Plus, use the hashtag Oculating. I don't get it, but sure. Because it sounds like <laughs> ovulating. Ah. Yep, there it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at grave underscore plot or on Facebook facebook.com slash graveplotpodcast you can find links to those as well as links to subscribe to the show at graveplotpodcast.com and check out our articles on moviepilot.com slash graveplot that um, and thank you very much to our guest Kevin Escoda thanks for having me Kevin where can people find you on Twitter uh, at kdn4 or Sonic's Rising or Sonic's Rising if you want to listen to my basketball dribble so there basketball you go. gerbil. <laughs> it actually works. You have Both a basketball ways. gerbil. 
Uh, not anymore. Oh. Dang about boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to talk to Richard Gear about that one. <laughs> let me winks. Oh, let me winks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ. Okay. All right, we're 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 falling off here. We gotta go. Yeah. Um. So thanks again for joining us on the Great Plot Podcast, your one-stop spot for all things horror. Uh, we will catch you again in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.